Kale and Company, weekday mornings, 6 till 10. Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. What's on the cut sheet coming up at 745 this morning? Some incredible stories on the feedback in the workplace from the Wall Street Journal. Bill Maher going back to work sans writers. And also uh, a writer for the Washington Post saying that Joe Biden should step aside and not run again in 2024. A lot of good stuff this morning. Sort of a, a bounce around show with all sorts of different good little stories that we'll get to. Uh, and of course, this morning, your chance once again for a free trip to Walt Disney World. Keyword coming up at 9.50 this morning. And another awesome prize for our morning mystery movie clip, which we will tell you about in a little bit. That is coming up at 920. But let's get some news. Round number two here on this Thursday morning. And we go to Dawn Stensland. And good morning on this Thursday morning, September 14th. Happy birthday to my David. A lot of birthdays. Uh, Sergeant Mark Fuzetti. How old is David? This week. He is 17 today. 17. Sweet 17. There you go. Football. He's got a football game this afternoon. Remember those days? Thursday game. Yeah, Thursday game. It's an unusual one. Wow. So, um, Archbishop Wood. Okay. This afternoon. So, happy birthday, David. Best Work Industries for the Blind. Thank you for being our sponsor this morning. And if it feels a little cooler to you this morning as you wake up, I will tell you about the refreshing changes in store for the forecast, not just for today. So, we've been talking a lot this morning about the very latest as Philadelphia police are investigating a shooting that happened not far from the Temple University campus. This is North Philadelphia. Pico crews were called uh, with one of those big trucks and apparatus. Pico crews called to do, to fix some downed wires and equipment there. And that's when, unfortunately, a, a shootout happened on the street, apparently. Police investigating this shooting. And a Pico employee, they're struck by a stray bullet during this shootout in North Philadelphia. So gunfire erupting on the street just after 10 o'clock last night, North North Marshall and York Streets. And Pico confirms that uh, their employee was repairing the, uh, the, the equipment there in that area by the power lines when the employee was struck by that stray bullet. So the worker was alert, was conscious, when it was taken to the hospital, undergoing surgery, and is listed in stable condition that we don't have all the details. They're not releasing the individual's, the victim's name here. And police say they're also investigating reports that three other victims, at least one juvenile male, were, were dropped off at nearby Temple University Hospital. You know, it just dawned on me, no pun intended, yeah. Dawn. We, <laughs> not only do we have a shooting problem and a gun crisis in this city with violence, we have an accuracy problem as well. How many times do you have a story where somebody received a stray bullet? This so a, a Pico guy gets shot, not the intended uh, recipient. And um, when the guy, when Cavalcanti broke into that guy's garage, the guy shot seven times, missed all seven times. <laughs> Nobody can hit anybody in this city. So, so we need more target practice. Is that, that your good. take? I don't know, that's a good thing yeah. or a bad thing. <laughs> it's, it's, like, it's, geez. Oh my gosh! They need to go to King Shooters or some uh, right, some place like that. It takes some uh, these are shooting all, lessons. These must be all recipients of the Ben Simmons shooting camp. <laughs> <laughs> where all you do is miss. Oh my goodness! Well, thank God. That right, that they were, uh, but but that's to your point. That's part of the callous nature, just a disregard for anybody in the vicinity. And we yeah. hear that about you know neighborhoods where mm-hmm. even it pierces their you know pierces the walls of homes. Yep. I mean, oh my goodness. Yep. So we have that going on with Philadelphia police overnight on that scene, 
and tracking uh, that situation. We don't have motivation. We don't know. Is it gang-related? Is it drug-related? We don't get any of that information, but obviously under investigation. And, of course, making international news, as many people are thankful and so relieved that that search for an escaped killer from a Chester County prison, yes, in custody, and now being, uh, he'll, he'll, he reportedly is going to end up at Greaterford, but ending up in state prison because he is convicted of murder. But the story goes that hundreds of people worked tirelessly, used a lot of technology, technology, the latest tech, as law enforcement was working to catch this guy. And under the scrutiny of the media, ultimately, you could say, well, it wasn't necessarily technology. It wasn't manpower, but man's best friend, a canine named Yoda, mm-hmm. getting getting the credit for the final, you know, catching the guy. At the end of the day, living, breathing organisms like humans and dogs, we still might be better than technology and artificial intelligence. <laughs> Isn't that something? It is. You know what's the other thing that was amazing? And I, I, don't, I don't know if I saw the video on Twitter. I guess uh, Shapiro yesterday in his press conference said that he will get a Kelly Green Eagles jersey for the person that yes. Cavalcanti stole the sweatshirt from. Yeah. yeah. Would it be ironic if Shapiro's like, hey, why don't we... Why don't we surprise this guy? We go out to his house and give it to him in person, do a photo op, be rolling, and then uh, you know, videotape the whole thing, and the guy opens up the door and he's got a Let's Go Brandon shirt on. <laughs> Wouldn't that just be the ultimate fitting irony? I mean, I mean, in that it's area, likely. in that area, it's yeah. very likely. I know. Well, and to, to your point, that's why you better have a good advanced team. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right? yep. It's a just, just make sure. Yes. Uh, Yoda is a four-year-old Belgian Malinois. So I thought he was a German shepherd. Looks just like a shepherd. Yeah. And I'm, you know, we're all dog. We all are dog lovers here. Yep. I had never heard of this dog, a Belgian Melanois. No. But uh, the four-year-old dog canine serves with U.S. Border uh, Patrol at the Tactical Canine Unit. And they were assisting Pennsylvania State Police as well as local authorities. So a lot of people saying that the canine, I, I loved online, a lot of people said online, who gets the $25,000 reward? Mm-hmm. And should it go to at least the canine unit to train? Because this it's very expensive to train those canines. Yes, it is. That was a great idea. Yeah, it is. Maybe the dog gets early uh, early retirement now. He's got his uh, his retirement fund. Yeah, but those those you know you know dog like German shepherds they want to work. Yeah. Oh yeah. Right. Yeah, they're like politicians in in, in Washington <laughs> D.C. They want to stick around forever. <laughs> like oh, I need duty. Oh, call of duty. Uh, you talked about the Google Google on trial. The Google uh, Justice Department's case against the company. This goes on, and it's a related lawsuit as well, brought by thirty eight different states and territories arguing in court and this is an update we told you this nick kale told you this yesterday we've talked about it a lot that this began yesterday it's a huge deal as far as uh, the government's challenge and winning this case and it's closely connected to the antitrust policy in the united states so everybody's watching this very carefully google being dominant and essentially paying other companies like apple to cut out the competition so pays billions of dollars a year to companies like Apple so that Google is the default search engine, for example, on iPhones. And so the Justice Department says that's not fair. Competitors to Google cannot establish themselves. However, Google lawyers argued yesterday in court that people don't use Google because they have to. They use it because they want to. Mm. So this this now, the opening arguments have begun. Okay. 
by the way, Daniel, if you can put up the picture of the dog, I should have had you do this earlier for the people watching on YouTube, youtube.com slash at 1210WPHT if you have not seen it yet. I just wanted to put, there we go. Look at that. Good boy. That's a good boy. <laughs> That's a good boy. Can I get some chicken? Oh, oh look boy. at him. He's like, yep, I found this scumbag. Yeah, he pounced on him, too. Yep. You know that guy was just laying there between those logs, and that dog sniffed him out. <laughs> hey, Cavalcanti, at that point, right, you're just like, oh, it's over. It's over. Like that moment that yep. dog's on you, you're like, oh, the gig's up. And they and they grab a hold of you, and they're like, yeah, I'm not, I'm mm-hmm. not letting go of you, buddy. Right. I'm sorry. Because I guess we, we said he was, in, he was in the shed, but then he was... They, Sort of under a log pile, then he yeah. was going through thick brush, mm-hmm. still trying to get away with the rifle. Right, and then and that's why they then released the canine. Correct, and boom, and I guess he did. They confirmed he did bite him in the head. Yeah, buddy. So oh, that was is that why the forehead was bleeding? Yeah. Oh, beautiful. Should it should have taken out an eyeball or two? Exactly. The dog went for the kill shot. Yeah, it's going for the throat. <laughs> well, the, so those right canines are trained. What is it? Bite and hold, like hold. bite and hold. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. yeah, and you can see that. And the dog talk about you know. Look at him. He's the dog is that's his. It's like I want this picture on the mantle. Uh-huh. Oh, I got him. You know. Yeah, bite and hold. That is right? the strategy. Yes. I bet him. I hold him. Oh. That's what Hooch did in Turner and Hooch. <laughs> when Tom Hanks sent him and sent Hooch on the run. Yeah. Well. Which had no place to run in this one. I just, I love, I love the story of it. And of course, we didn't love the story of the Bidenomics. Nick Kale talking earlier this morning about the economy. Core CPI, this is the Consumer Price Index report, and it came in just above the expectations, rising about 6.6% uh, on the monthly basis. The core CPI, which excludes energy and food prices, rising 0.3% on a monthly basis. So the data coming, as we know that the Federal Reserve monetary policy has uh, grown in recent weeks. Everybody's looking to what the Fed will do next, talking about inflation. And this is critical, perhaps a little bit boring and in the weeds. So we talk about it every morning to update you and, and just continue on with it. U.S. Treasury yields were little change, though, this morning as investors considered the outlook for inflation following yesterday's CPI report, Consumer Price Index report, and then awaiting further key economic data. So we continue to track, you know, the impact of the Biden administration, Bidenomics, as the Biden administration, uh, we report all the time, uh, claims that the economy is doing well, thriving, and we pray for that, but these are the numbers. So we'll continue to look at that one. And, of course, Eagles tonight, which uh, really brings me to the forecast as the Phils did lose allowing the Braves to clinch uh, Phillies beat yesterday 4-1 to one last night. And so the Phils in St. Louis tomorrow opening that series with the Cardinals and the Eagles home opener against Minnesota Vikings tonight, 8-15 kickoff. <sighs> Eagles. Under, four, under 48, folks. Empty out your 401k. <laughs> Whatever you have left that you haven't already withdrawn I've... at 10% penalty, just put it on the under tonight. Do you want to do? Uh, do you want to do a little wager between you and I yeah, for absolutely. the over under? Okay. Sure. All right. So the over under right now, and I'm going uh, right now through Fanduel, Fanduel. dot com slash Greg. Um, if you want to do what is it, forty eight and a half? Yeah, I'll go under. All right, you go over. I'll go. Oh over. look, there's Governor Josh Shapiro on live NBC oh, today. Oh yeah, he loves today's show. Uh-huh. Yeah. We'll roll on this, and I'll yeah. play it in cut sheet part two. If there's anything said, uh, forty eight and a half. Uh, I'll go with the under or the over. Okay. You'll do the under 20 spot? Yeah. 20 spot. 20 is fine. 
Right. Look at this. We're just gambling on the air midway through Dawn's news. All right. Dawn's trying to get to the uh, the first alert forecast, and we're, <laughs> yeah. we're putting in the first wager of the day. It's okay. <laughs> what better time to put in it than uh, 7.13 yeah, I love placing bets in the 7 a.m. hour of my life. <laughs> placing bets uh, with your morning coffee. Yeah. Next uh, next week, you're going to start drinking at, uh, at 7.15. So. Uh, that's yeah. that's on the precipice. <laughs> so if just a little media tip. If you are, if you're really running for president someday and you want to get your name out there in national news and you're on the Today Show, do not appear on a two shot with a big six foot five strapping <laughs> Pennsylvania state police officer. Okay. I'm just saying. So you're saying Shapiro looks small right now. He looks like a child. He looks like Dan, Danilo Cavalcante. <laughs> you know, and so, and Shapiro's like, I don't know, 5'10, uh-huh. you know, he's not, but he, the, the gentleman with the Pennsylvania state police is just, you know, looks like he could play for the Philadelphia Eagles, right. and so he looks very small. Imagine Shapiro standing next to Fetterman. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, man. exactly. Yeah, this is true. Hey, we are sponsored by Best Work Industries for the Blind, changing lives. Truly, a nonprofit organization located in Cherry Hill, New Jersey. Best Work Industries for the Blind, providing training, employment for people who are blind or visually impaired. So, for employment opportunities or to donate. Just go to bestworkindustries.org. NBC 10 First Alert Forecast. What a beauty. So today, 76 degrees, crisp, cool air. It's going to feel great all day. A little chill in the air by 8.15 after sundown at the Eagles game at the link. So maybe bring a light jacket. 68 degrees this morning, but heating up to 76. Mostly sunny for your tomorrow. What a lovely Friday. Nice breeze, high of 75 Saturday, high clouds mixed with sun, stays breezy, high pressure building in from the west. Hurricane Lee way offshore with a high of 77 degrees. And then Sunday, 80 degrees, so the warmth comes back, a little humidity comes back, but still sunny, just a few clouds, a beautiful weekend in store. Kale and Company News Live. All right, Don, thank you very much. Three interesting things that we will get to before the cut sheet at 745. Why this Washington Post columnist telling Joe Biden not to seek re-election is important. Also, the word feedback in the workplace and Bill Maher with the writer's strike. We'll get to all of that, but quickly, um, noted German shepherd expert, my sister, Erin, um, she's had like two or three shepherds in her life she says the belgian malinois or however you pronounce that belgian the dog that they use to catch cavalcante uh somebody in youtube will let me know it, they look like a german shepherd but they're meaner and more aggressive they're good for uh canine units and police officers okay awesome so thank they, you aaron a little more of a, a temper mm-hmm. than uh the typical german shepherd so or that because some dogs the problem is i guess they won't i know i've done stories with the, you know the canine units mm-hmm. and they always tell us some dogs just won't bite Right, and they need to, that bite and hold. Yep. So that's that's interesting that it's even a tougher. Yeah. You know, has a more more tenacity to, tenacity to it. Yeah. Apparently, this Belgian dog doesn't give a damn. They just go for it. Wow. <laughs> right after those guys. All right. The Rambo of of dogs. That that is correct. <laughs> so we'll get to this Biden column on the other side. Eight five five eight three nine twelve ten is how you climb in if you want to join the show. Social media as well at twelve ten WPHT or of course in the Kale and Company comment community on YouTube. Just go to youtube.com slash at twelve ten WPHT. And while you're at it and you're on the interwebs or Duck, duck, go. Why don't you check out the Piazza Auto Group? As you know, I've recently leased the 2023 Honda Ridgeline from Piazza Honda of Springfield uh, since about three or four days before Memorial Day. Absolutely have loved it so far, and I'm looking forward to when we do get some bad weather 
driving this bad boy and plowing right through it to get to work. And if you're a truck person like me, now's the great time to visit Piazza Honda in Springfield. If Springfield is out of the way, that's fine. Philadelphia, Langhorn, Pottstown, or Reading. Because you're going to want to take advantage of 0.9% APR financing. But if you're not in the market for a truck, that's okay. The Honda Civic, the Accord, the CRV, the Pilot, and many other models with Honda. The Piazza Auto Group, now with 17 brands. So maybe Honda is not what you're looking for. Nissan, Mercedes, Maserati, Land Rover, on down the list. They have got you covered with 17 different brands. And accessibility is very important. They have 35 locations throughout the area. That's why they are my go-to for all things automotive. To find your next vehicle, it could be new or a certified pre-owned vehicle. Just check them out online right now at piazzaautogroup.com. It's Kale and Company On Demand. From Talk Radio 1210 WPHD and the free Odyssey app. Hey, I want you to join me right now. Download the Bet Parks Casino and Sportsbook app. New customers, you make a winning $10 bet, get $125 in bonus sportsbook bets back. Must be a winning bet, and bonus bets must be wagered once. If you're looking for action, excitement, entertainment, Parks Casino and Sportsbook, it's the only casino and sportsbook, as you know, I ever recommend. The coolest nightlife, 3,200, 3,200 state-of-the-art slots, 115 table games, best sports book on the east coast and of course we love joe conklin's comedy night and the best local bands only at 360 lounge conklin and zioli and our own nikhil were at uh, parks just this last week but right now we've got a huge night the huge opener tonight 8 15 tonight home opener for our sports fans our football fans so open the bet park sportsbook app you're in the zone live betting live betting The Birds are now six-point home favorites, hosting Minnesota. The over-under now 49 points. Have you made your anytime touchdown score wagers yet? Bet more than just the score. Bet player performance. This is my favorite thing, betting on the the individual player performances, like passing and rushing yards and much more. You don't have to be a football expert to do that. Just bet team touchdowns. Check out the same game parlays under the pre-pack tab on the app. It's really easy to use. If I can use it, you can use it. Birds to win, game total to go over 48 points, and for the Birds, QB to score a TD. So a $50 wager on that one, on that game parlay, wins you $147. Live betting, parlays, props, teasers, they've got it all. You must be 21 in Pennsylvania, New Jersey, Ohio, or Maryland. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. What's on the cut sheet coming up? 745 this morning. So, very interesting um, when you have certain people that are known to be, and this actually kind of ties back into the big take a little bit this morning on media and journalism, uh, but President Biden, and, and when you have certain people that portray you in a good light, or those are that are really dialed in or connected as a reporter, and certain reporters have different sources, so when they when they put something out there, people are like, oh, okay, if this guy or this lady has it, you know it could be uh, very likely to happen. So apparently Joe Biden, um, befitting his generation, you know, he loves newspapers, the classic columnist, and this is courtesy of Axios, uh, and David Ignatius, Tom Friedman, and David Brooks top his list. Well, Ignatius is uh, a 73-year-old, well-connected Washington Post foreign affairs columnist uh, who writes spy novels on the side, and he has a column out uh, on Wednesday with the blunt headline of 
President Biden should not run again in 2024. So why that matters, obviously Biden and his age, 80 going on 81, uh, or 81 actually, and you know if he seeks re-election and wins, he would end up being 86 at his second term commences. Um, and you know we've been talking a lot about age, Mitt Romney at 76, he's going to be stepping aside, he will not seek re-election. Uh, but this is very interesting because many people well-connected in the Washington, D.C. area, not just in D.C. politics, but with the Washington Post, have said, really, they've all regurgitated basically the same message that, make no mistake about it, Ignatius's column in the Washington Post is more than a suggestion. It's a marching order. When American intelligence wants to put out a hit, they feed it to David Ignatius. And today, which was yesterday, Ignatius pulled the pin on Joe Biden's 2024 run. He's turning Washington's whispers into a rallying cry. The American intelligence community has to tie up their loose ends. So this is interesting because, Greg, you're on record as say, uh, when it comes to a prediction, that you do not believe that Joe Biden will be the nominee and I will not. not run for the Democrats. I do not. So, I, you know... It's certain guys that have inside information, and if this guy's putting this out there, this could be like the Dems saying, "Look, we really want this guy out." The tide seems to be changing. I have a, um, I have a clip that I'm going to play in about 20 minutes of Joe Scarborough, uh, who said yesterday that he, um, every Democrat he talks to privately is saying Biden is too old to run. He says not 99 percent, not 90 percent. Every Democrat he talks to says Biden is too old to run. Yeah, there's a changing of the tied here that i think there's they're ramping up pressure on joe biden not to run but here's the interesting and david ignatius is david ignatius excuse me is kind of like the uh is kind of like the first shot across the bow okay that makes sense yes but what what contradicts all of that and i'm not saying ignatius is wrong or you're wrong by any stretch if he's not going to be the guy why did they just dump another 25 million dollars into their campaign and their advertising. We were just talking about this last week. I think it was, what, geared towards the first NFL weekend, Thursday through Sunday, where you were yep. going to see this campaign. If you're not the guy, and you know you're not the guy, or you hear the whispers, why would you spend that bulk of money? Yeah. If if you're, It just seems like a not the wisest financial investment. I mean, I think that's a pretty safe um, assertion there. Like, Usually, you put that kind of money into something, it's because you're trying to get something right with your message, or maybe tell the American people that, oh, I'm not too old, or the, the whatever he's trying to accomplish with this campaign, you don't do if you're not going to be in the race, unless he's so out of it that he doesn't <laughs> know that he's not going to be the guy, which could very well be the case. So, it's kind of an interesting difference here, and he goes on to say, Ignatius, Biden has never been good at saying no. He says a chance to say no to himself this time is by withdrawing from the 2024 race. Time is running out. In a month or so, this decision will be cast in stone. It will be too mm -hmm. late for other Democrats, yep. including the Vice President Kamala Harris, yep. to test themselves in primaries and see whether they have the stuff of presidential leadership. So, I mean, he's basically saying by the time we get to Halloween, we will know one way or the other whether or not it will be Joe. And if you take everybody that knows anything about this columnist and his connections and his accuracy and what he's basically 
throwing out there on behalf of the Dems who probably slipped this tidbit to him. In six weeks, we might be looking at a lame duck president. And then, oh, by the way, on the other side of the ledger, what's the deal with Trump, all the court cases, and how the primary is going to play out for the Republican Party. So to the extent of which you have said, and you've been on this, not just predicting that it won't be Joe, you don't think it will be Trump-Biden at all in a rematch. Two totally new combatants this time around. Agreed. Okay. So, But t- time is winding down for that to happen. Uh, yes. So I'm probably going to be proven incorrect. But, uh, you know, it's we'll, fun to kick around for we'll see. two months. All right. 855-839-1210 is how you climb in. You know, we've got a lot of soft people out in society. Mm. And you know what? The people that are paid to get in conference rooms and eliminate words in the workplace, they have arrived at a new conclusion. This courtesy of the Wall Street Journal. We all have our reviews, right? We sit down with the boss and they give us feedback. Well, apparently feedback is too harsh. Mm -hmm. There's a new word in the workplace, folks. Snowflakes, stay tuned. We'll get to that when we come back. Kale and Company live here on a Thursday. Talk Radio 1210 WPHD. The NFL season is here. Now is the time to get incredible offers from FanDuel in partnership with Valley Forge Casino. It's America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get 200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Plus, all customers who bet $5 will get $100 off the NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. But if you haven't done so, you have to act now because this offer ends September 18th which is next week. So do it now. FanDuel.com slash Greg to sign up. Do it right now. FanDuel Sportsbook is the official partner of 1210 WPHD and is the official partner of the NFL. 21 and over, President of PA. First online real money wager. Only $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is not withdrawable. Bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms of FanDuel.com slash Sportsbook. Gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER. The NFL Sunday ticket offer ends 9-18-23. So register right now. No refunds, terms, and embargoes apply. $100 off NFL Sunday ticket, not YouTube TV. YouTube TV base plan required to watch YouTube TV. Redemption requires a Google account and current form of payment. Commercial use excluded. Subscription re- subscription renews. Cancel anytime. It's Kale and Company On Demand from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT and the free Odyssey app. Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. What's on the cut sheet? Coming up in just about 10 minutes. 855-839-1210 to climb in couple of good stories to get to here, including this story from the Wall Street Journal. Just when you thought we couldn't get any more ridiculous in the United States of America in 2023, this story comes out. Feedback is now too harsh. <laughs> that is correct. Greg, so when we do uh, end of year, year one review, I would like to just have a review. Uh, maybe we could call it feed forward. I don't think I really want any feedback on the show. Actually, the feedback has been great. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, it's a little too harsh. And this is what employers are saying around the country. So um, let me give you just these uh, little two or three paragraphs here. Employers around the country have good news for workers who dread chats about their performance. Feedback is on the way out. Many companies, executive coaches, and HR professionals are looking to erase the anxiety-inducing word from the corporate lexicon, because <laughs> hearing feedback creates anxiety. Okay. And some are urging it to be replaced by what they see as a gentler, more constructive word. Mm. It's called feed forward. Yep. Feedback too often leaves workers feeling defeated, weighed down by past actions instead of considering the next steps ahead. But feed forward encourages improvement and development, its proponents say. Quote, the old assumptions of feedback and all that word conjures up, I think puts a chill on performance says 
Joe Hirsch. Mm. Probably a guy I would never want to go golfing with, nope. by the way. A corporate speaker. Another great title. And author of a book on how to fix feedback. Feed Forward is about this forward-looking view of people, performance, and potential. The canceling of feedback has its share of skeptics. It comes as younger generations who can prefer a more positive, nurturing environment are accounting for a larger share of the workforce. And companies increasingly focus on performance and efficiency following a pause on reviews during the pandemic. Quote, feedback conversations, as they commonly exist today, activate a social threat response in the brain. Everything's a threat, right? Yeah. I feel like I'm not in my safe space. Everybody's a snowflake. He's a threat to democracy uh, in the brain, interfering with the ability to think clearly and raising the heart rates of individuals, says Teresa Adams, Senior HR Knowledge Advisor at Human Resources Trade Association, SHRM. You know what the problem is? These HR people, with all due respect, because my sister's a big HR executive, and she has to go through these things and come up with all these nonsensical meetings. I don't. First of all, I don't know how you could ever do it. You couldn't pay me enough mm. to put a dissertation on about eliminating the word feedback <laughs> and then showing up in a workplace in a little area and grabbing a microphone in front of all the employees and say, you know, we've done a lot of extensive research, and we have decided that your company, who's paying me a lot of money to come here and talk and spew out this mumbo-jumbo, we're <laughs> going to eliminate the word feedback because your anxiety can't handle it. So moving forward, to make your life easier, to keep your heart rate down and your brain from uh, rapidly firing, we're going to go with feed forward because that's a progressive outlook on life and I, your profession. Feed forward. I, I, Are you I kidding me with yeah, this garbage? I just... This and and this is by the way this is uh this has been conjured up in some HR PR boardroom yep. where they're like well we don't want to get sued or we don't want to get in trouble for doing this so let's call it this and we'll make sure that there's people on hand that can speak to people if their bosses talk to them yeah. uh in a certain way it's just you know, and, and here's the thing. Well, if you're struggling in your profession and you know your review or the feedback is going to be negative, well, then do one of two things. Either be do your job better yeah. or just quit. I know. Or get fired. I, I do say, like, oh, my God, the feedback. I got to go into the boss's office at 9.15 this morning. I haven't even checked my emails yet. And it's 8.42. God, just stop people. And I just want to, I want to give Gen Z some credit because there's a great Gen Z story in the New York Post where I'm actually going to give that group of people a ton of credit before we get out of here this morning because it's a funnier story. But they've finally done something I agree with. You get this. Feedback. Negative. Well, what are you going to do? So that's that. Uh, we'll get to the cut sheet here in about three or four minutes. But, uh, Greg, you, you found this, and this is very interesting. Um, speaking of, we, we, we've talked a lot about, you know, the late night shows on this show, the demise of late night comedy, all the terrible shows from Fallon to Kimmel on down the list. And we know that the, the writer strike is still going on. But apparently a lot of them are going, are, are returning, but they will not be bringing back the ensemble cast behind the scenes with their writing staff. And Bill Maher, who we play a lot of on the cut sheet when he criticizes the left and cancel culture and the wokeness and all that stuff. Bill Maher is going to resume his show despite the ongoing Hollywood strike. Uh, comedian and political commentator Bill Maher saying he will resume real time with Bill Maher on HBO despite the ongoing strikes in Hollywood. He said on X, which used to be known as Twitter, real time is coming back, uh, Maher wrote in a post. It has been five months and it's time to bring people back to work. 
The writers have important issues that I sympathize with and hope they are addressed to their satisfaction, but they are not the only people with issues, problems, and concerns. He loves his writers. He says he's one of them, but it's time to get back to work. And he said, look, it's not going to be the same show. And he said it might not even be as good. Yeah, he said it's not going to be the same show. He's just going to do the panel stuff. It's not going to be the monologue and all the bits and all the stuff that he does. And quite frankly, I don't know if he's doing new rules or not because I know he – I know he writes new rules. I'm sure he has help writing it, mm-hmm. but uh, I'm not sure if he's going to do new rules or not. But it, quite frankly, I always fast forward through the monologue. So you don't like anyway. the monologue? No, no. It's just it's it's like I'm tired of monologues. The the old Johnny Carson standing up in front of an audience show. Wow, wasn't that wild? You know what I mean? Like like that just doesn't. It's it's 2023. We don't need that anymore. Don, you, like, hear, you hear that? He's sick of the monologue. So note to self: no, no, on, more, no, no more big takes. On, no, no. I, <laughs> Less I'm, work for me. I'm not letting you get out of that hell. Um, no, what I'm saying is, is that that late night formula of yeah. the of the standing up and doing the monologue, joke, joke, joke. Hey, joke. Hey, news of the day, joke. Uh, it, it's just it's kind of tired. You is, know what it, I mean? Is this, does this expose Bill Moore for being lazy? I, I mean, think about this. Now, I'm not sitting here trying to compare the big take to Bill Maher's monologue or any comedian's monologue, but you know, I do six to eight minutes every day where I don't have anybody writing it for me. I, it takes me about an hour and a half to write these each day. Mm-hmm. He's on once a week doing a show. He can't do his his opening monologue without a writer or a group of writers. Well, I think he's trying to he's trying to come. All of these, like Drew Barrymore, Jennifer Hudson, all of these daytime talk shows are coming back to. They're trying to play both sides, so they want to <clears throat> they want to do their shows, yep. but they also want to show solidarity with the writers. So they're trying to take the portions of the show that their writers are involved in. And not do those parts. Okay. So they r- still want to do the show, but not those parts. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, that makes sense. And maybe this is a contractual issue, so it's not um, something that could come to fruition. And far be it for me to tell people what to do with their own money. But if Bill Maher, who I'm assuming is well, well compensated, if Bill Maher really wants some of his writers back, why wouldn't you bring a few back on your own dime and just pay them out of pocket? Because it's not yeah. about it's not about money, though. It's for well, that, it is. They would be crossing. Would they be crossing like a? That's what I was wondering. Line, technically, scabs, scabs. Yeah. Okay. Keith Olbermann has already weighed in on Bill Maher. He oh, called well, him in, of course. He called him an unfunny hack. He's known him since 1978. Okay. So um, Bill Maher yeah. hates Aaron Rodgers and, um, or excuse me, Keith Olbermann hates Aaron Rodgers and Bill Maher. I mean, Keith Keith Olbermann has done his show in the past mm-hmm. and vice versa, so I'm not sure what happened. The irony um, of Keith Olbermann calling anybody a hack is yeah. really interesting. <laughs> um, well put. Yeah, I, I just, it, it's, I, like, look, these shows, if they want to come on, I'm sorry. Like I feel for the writers. I do. I'm a member of SAG after full full disclosure. Okay. I'm I'm a member. I'm not striking, and nobody on this station is striking, or you'll be fired. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, I'll give you a uh, feed feed forward later. Um, <laughs> uh, so like I understand what they're going through, but like at the same time, like it's been five months. I know. There's no end of this in sight. This is like Bud Light's demise. It's been going on forever now. So if you want to continue doing this. You know, maybe Bill Maher does the Club Random thing he does, his podcast. Maybe mm-hmm. he does that more on HBO where it's just him yeah. riffing with a couple guests. Or he could also hire writers that are not part of sag no, right? That's, no, that's that's a no-no. Oh, is that a that's no-no? That's a huge no-no. Oh, okay. He would, he would really be, he would get no sympathy if he did that from okay. the Hollywood crowd. All right. Which I guess you still have to placate at this. Gotcha. Time. 
Uh, this has been going on now for more than 100 well, days. Well, there apparently during the uh, Drew Barrymore show. <laughs> yeah, she irked a lot of people, I apparently. So, allegedly, two people had um, SAG or after strikes uh, or uh, shirts on, and they were removed from the audience. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. All right. I don't... I, I don't to be honest with you, I don't really care about the strike. No. I mean, it doesn't affect me. No, I, I think most Americans will just move on to something else. Yeah. Uh, if they haven't already left those shows anyway. All right, 855-839-1210 is how you climb in. 745 right on the dot. Let's get to a Thursday edition of What's on the Cut Sheet. What's on the Cut Sheet? What's And we have no writers here, by the way. <laughs> this is all put on by... The five of us. That's correct. What's on the cut sheet brought to you by Cherry Hill Volvo, where Costco members save even more. Purchase a certified 2020, 2021, or 2022 XC40, XC60, or XC90 and receive an additional $1,500 off. All for being a listener of Kale Company. That's all you have to do. Go to Cherry Hill Volvo today, right there on Route 70 in Cherry Hill. Tell me you heard about them at 1210 WPHT. All right. Uh, did you know now that Democrats hate... The word impeachment. Well, they hate everything, so I guess impeachment falls under everything. So before, when they were impeaching somebody they don't like, right. impeachment good. Impeachment good for democracy, good we for the country. Now that we're having an impeachment inquiry, yeah, uh, it's a threat to democracy. It's a threat to democracy. Yeah. It's going nowhere. It's a right. big nothing burger. They have no evidence. It's racist. It's going to cause more climate change. The whole thing. Here's a little montage put together by our friends at Gravy, and this is Cut One Daniel. You know, the president has been in politics for a long time, and I think, as he would say, he's seen a lot of malarkey along the way, but this might take the cake. This is all smoke and no fire. What a waste of time and money. I don't see any probable cause here. Uh, there's just no evidence. I have not seen any evidence. There's no evidence of any crime at all. No evidence so far that ties Joe Biden to any of this, uh, at least nothing that they have brought forward and that we have seen. Have you seen said evidence? No, not a scintilla of evidence. There is not a shred of evidence that President Joe Biden has engaged in wrongdoing. No business dealings of Hunter Biden's or anyone's was discussed in these conversations. I think they're making making it up. There is not a shred of evidence that President Joe Biden has committed an impeachable offense. A substantial majority of Americans believe something which is not true. There is not a shred of evidence that President Joe Biden has committed a crime. You gotta have a crime. <laughs> like, you gotta have some accusation you can make. And they don't really have anything right now. I think the impeachment inquiry is absurd. I think that that's absurd. It's ridiculous, of course. This is part of the right wing's misinformation machine to try to confuse people. Distract, distort, and assemble. Right now, we're in the distract phase. What Hunter Biden is may or may not have done does not even come close to the level of legal drama that's facing the former president of the United States. There's 91 criminal charges against Donald Trump right now, 13 criminal charges against uh, uh, Congressman Santos, who was just on the show a few moments ago. They have nothing to say about that. There are no charges against Joe Biden, and they want to impeach the guy. Trump was impeached, so was Biden. You know, Trump was investigated, so was Biden. There's corruption this is an illegitimate impeachment inquiry period full stop 
this could benefit President Biden. This could end up having ramifications for Republicans if voters who don't really want to see these kinds of inquiries all the time feel like this is going too far. The American people want us to do something that will make their lives better, not go off on these chases and uh, witch hunts. There we go. You know, witch hunts. Much, witch hunt. much like everything on the left with identity politics, they all think and say the same exact talking points. They just all look and sound different. You know, it's interesting. You talk about the word impeachment. You know, the Washington Post, I saw this yesterday. The Washington Post had a column on January 17th, 2017, right as Trump was being brought in to start his first term about starting the impeachment process. The guy hadn't actually stepped foot in the White House and they were beginning to start the impeachment process. So the nerve and the the audacity of the Democrats, just remember, as I said yesterday in the big take, they started it first. So two can play this game. Nancy Pelosi was on with Anderson Cooper last night. Uh, they were discussing Joe Biden, re-election, his age, all kinds of good stuff. When Anderson Cooper asked if Kamala, Vice President Kamala Harris, is the best person to run with Biden. Yeah. It's very interesting what her answer is. Mm. And he presses her on it. And that she answers it in the same fashion. And I want to get both of your opinions on what this means. This okay. is cut nine, Daniel. That's for me to go there. It wasn't up to David Ignatius. Is, is Vice President that Kamala Harris the best running mate for this president? He thinks so. And that's what matters. Mm, and I don't, way, but he does. She's very politically astute. I don't think people give her enough credit. Uh, she, of course, values-based, consistent with the president's values and the rest. And... Uh, People don't understand. She's politically too. Why would she be vice president if she were not? Mm. But when she was running for uh, attorney general in California, she had six percent in the polls. Six percent. Six percent. And she politically astutely made her case about why she would be good. Did her politics and became attorney general. So don't people shouldn't underestimate what Kamala Harris brings to the table. Mm, she brings nothing. But to the Do table. you think she is the, the best? Running mate, though? She's the vice president of the United States. So people say to me, well, why isn't she doing this or that? I said, because she's the vice president. That's the job description. You don't do that much. You know, you, you know, you're a, a source of strength, inspiration, intellectual resource, and the rest. And, you, and she, I think she's represented our country very well at home and abroad. Wow. Okay, there's so much to pick <laughs> so apart. So much. Uh, you heard politically astute three times, and that's the first <laughs> time you've ever heard Kamala Harris and politically astute in the same sentence in the history of broadcast television. That's number one. Number two, Nancy Pelosi basically saying the Veep is a figurehead and doesn't do a whole bunch of anything, really. Yeah, exactly. Just kind of goes around and shows up and waves and giggles, and Kamala's really good at that. Uh, but if she wasn't, um, she she would not be the VP if she wasn't qual. No, she's the VP because I, as I've said on this show many times, she's the face of diversity, equity, and inclusion. She's the vice president because she's African American and she's a female. That's why she's there, not because she has the political astuteness or the political chops. Look, Nancy Pelosi, you can say what you will about her. She's um, awful. Uh, she's been in Congress for a bajillion years. Yeah. She didn't take uh, a page out of the Romney playbook. But she is not... Uh, she's very... I'm going to... I'm going to use her word. She's very politically astute. She's very smart with with what she says. She didn't answer that for a reason. No. Because she, she has no problem... Because the next clip I'm going to play is about Trump. She has no problem talking about him. Mm-hmm. 
But when it comes to Kamala Harris, somebody in her own party is like, well, he he thinks he's she's the best choice. You, you've got to think that of all the people in the Democratic Party, from from all the way at the top, from uh, let's just work our way down age wise, from Diane Feinstein, if she even knows that Joe Biden and Kamala Harris are alive, to, to Nancy Pelosi, to every Democrat in their 70s, 60s, 50s, 40s, 30s in yeah. Congress and Senate, whatever. Collectively, they have to know that the two of them, Joe and Kamala, are just two completely inept over their head boobs, right? Yeah. That they have no, they they don't have any support in that party. They that that's got to be the collective mm-hmm. thought yep. of everybody that's in politics on the D side. What a disgrace! But and by yet, the way, go ahead, Don. No, and yet Democrats will come together. They'll figure out whatever it is. They yep. always do. They'll come here to Philadelphia, right? They'll all have their little meeting, and then they'll figure out a plan. I just don't know. You know, and going back to your columnist and, you know, who who writes this, I just don't know how that path looks because they can't, they they don't want Kamala to, let's say they do a Nixon deal where they say, you're going to be impeached, so just do the wave at the chopper and say bye-bye. Mm-hmm. And then what? Kamala becomes the president by default at that point, mm-hmm. acting until the next election. I don't think they want that look no because they, they won't win if they trot her out to be the her, president she, she would not win her, her approval rings lower than his yes. right so how so you know i do think that hunter biden is his achilles heel mm-hmm. and so more so than the age and the, the state yep, the state of that'll his be cognitive the only decline. reason is okay. hunter to protect because that that's just his See, if, if absolute I'm a, Achilles. Heel. If I'm a Democrat, and let's just say I'm a registered Democrat, and I I typically vote D, and I'm sitting there and I'm saying, how do I rank my concerns? The way I'm wired, Joe's mental state is more of a concern for me as a Democrat than Hunter Biden's drama and business dealings. If I if I was a Democrat thinking the way I typically think, because at the end of the day. We've seen the polls that said Trump or Biden, the scandals, it doesn't really seem to do much for the average voter out there when it comes to impacting their decision. But Joe's mental state, I feel like, is a bigger factor. But the biggest factor of all should be the economy. Like It should be. It should be, right? That That's the number one. And that's what Republicans have to get right, Don. You always talk about get your act together, GOP. Mm-hmm. Like, you should be hammering home with a mallet and every other piece of tool, every other tool in the toolbox, left and right, day after day, economy, economy, economy. Yep. If you- I were, if I were running things in the GOP, I would buy ads I, everywhere, and I would just create awesome ads, short, concise message about the economy, about what's going on. I would ask Paula Scanlon, Riley Gaines. I would. I would show, but but that takes money. Mm-hmm. That takes a ton of money, and I would buy ads everywhere yeah. and put them on the internet, on every show, on every streaming service, and and just flood, yeah, flood, and and just buy these ads because they're going to take the money. Yep, right. Mm-hmm. They're not going to report it, so you can't rely on an honest media to just yeah. be fair and report all the sides. That's correct. That's the only way, in my humble opinion, that they could do this. But that takes a a ton of money to do yeah the the average american cares about three things <clears throat> their health their family and their finances if you don't, if you don't have any health concerns you feel good if your family is doing fine you feel good 
and then you look at your finances. And if your finances stink, well, who's to some extent or to most of it directly responsible for it? Bidenomics. Yep. But they have to get that message out there and show what is actually happening. At the same time, calling out the way that the media is either biased by omission or just saying, oh, Bidenomics is great. And <clears throat> and right now, another huge issue is if UAW strikes, mm. what is that, 150,000? Yes. Talk about union. Saw that's that the strike everybody's going to care about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, she was also asked about a Trump second term. And she says, let's not let's not engage in nightmare scenarios. Mm. This is Nancy Pelosi on with Anderson Cooper last night. Cut 10, Daniel. If there was a second Trump term, what would that actually look like? Because the the former president said just the other day, um, he said if elected again, he would tell his attorney general to indict his political opponents. Look, let's let's not engage in nightmare scenarios. It's a potentially very realistic scenario. No, well, uh, who am I to say? I never thought he would be elected the first time. Who would vote for such a person who said such horrible things about women and... and Uh, Me tweets! Uh, You told a reporter from New York Magazine a couple weeks ago that that you think would be a criminal enterprise in the White House. Yeah, I do. I definitely do. I mean, you just described one. You just described one. That, that's really what you think a second Trump term would be? Yes, a criminal enterprise. Mm. Uh, the, uh, he was engaged in one before. For, uh, I mean, shell companies. His personal gain? Or... Oh, yeah. I mean, why would you think that the President of the United States would make his first trip abroad to Saudi Arabia? Mm, not Ukraine, though. At a time <laughs> when we're concerned about Khashoggi, we're concerned about so many things, but... Why would he go to Saudi Arabia first unless it was unless it was something in it for him? But to very to say he was what was it, what did he say? What did he just say he was gonna indict all of his political opponents? He said he told a rally that he would tell his attorney general to indict his political opponents. I mean that's that's a That's, that's a banana republic yeah. hmm. without the banana. I Kinda mean it's like a terrible thing. It's a terrible thing. Nancy could have just answered uh, Anderson's questions with this soundbite. Please don't bother me with such frivolity. Okay. Yeah, please don't. Bo- okay. Okay. I mean, she, her, you know, who do you think has more disdain for Trump, Hillary or Nancy? This would be a poll question. We'll put that up in the YouTube chat. Which female on the Democratic side of things despises Trump more, Hillary or Nancy? She, she is just, and she, and she even admitted, well, I didn't think he would win the first time. He's got a legit chance to win. Look at all the polls right now. And again, you take polls with a grain of salt. Um, but he's got a much better chance than I gave him credit for when we launched this show last October. Uh, Some of her fellow Democrats even what remember that challenger in her in her beloved San Francisco, which is in her district, which is a disaster, called her a corrupt oligarch, uh-huh. by the way. Because yeah. look at how she has become so wealthy. I know. What is her net worth? $121 million, I think. Oh, well, she's just a modest yeah. public servant. Right. Just Again, kidding. somebody who's been in politics yeah. her entire life, yeah. which has been a billion years. But in her defense, if you're making $180,000, it only goes so far in the Bay Area. <laughs> Very expensive place to live. That 180 goes a lot further in Biloxi, Mississippi, let me tell you. Uh, she let the cat out of the bag when she says that she's not human. She's more reptilian. Mm-hmm. I kid you not. This is cut 11. Because they were saying, it's in the rearview mirror. People don't care about the Dobbs decision. And I said to them, thanks a lot. Do you know? You don't even know what you're talking about. You're sitting someplace. And we're in the districts, and we know the power of that issue. Uh, it's a democracy issue. 
It's not just a choice issue. It's a freedom issue. It's a democracy issue. And it was a winning issue. In fact, I remember interviewing you just before the vote, the election, and you were saying to me, I'm talking to people out there. I think it's going to be much better. And I I can't tell you how many people afterwards said to me, like, uh, you know, of course she was going to say that. Poor baby. Yeah, Yeah, she's really, really committed to that. It's really sad. No, I'm not a poor baby. I'm more reptilian, cold-blooded, <laughs> and go in to win the election. Uh, we're going to take a short break. I want to talk to you more about... Yeah, most most Dems are cold-blooded <laughs> oh reptilians. God. Oh, my God. I mean, you know what's amazing about her is, and we mentioned yesterday, she's going to be seeking uh, re-election again at the age of 84. She actually looks like she's been in the sun more at 84 <laughs> than Anderson Cooper. <laughs> Anderson Cooper looks like he's been like his blood's been drained. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, she's worth $100 million. That's what I thought. And even within the last year, um, she and her husband, obviously she does it through her husband. Remember, and we talked about this, they had scooped up millions of dollars in some call options for stocks, you know, Google, Micron Technology, Roblox, Mm -hmm. and and had defended it saying, we are a free market economy. They should, that, that Congress members should be able to buy it. But of course they get all that insider information. Of course, they're all insider trading. Yes. They're all criminals. Oh, you think they're just the most savvy investors in the market? Come on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, persistence over resistance on the YouTube chat says she, she admitted she's a lizard person. Yeah. <laughs> Remember all those all those uh, you know conspiracy theories uh, about lizard people? That's right. She just admitted it. Yes. She's reptilian. Yeah. Most theories are actually true. <laughs> By the way, uh, watch us right now on on YouTube. YouTube YouTube.com slash at twelve ten WPHT. If you're watching right now, please hit the like button. We're only at eighty three likes. I want to get to one hundred likes, so please hit the like button. And if you have not done so. Please hit the subscribe button. I have a visual that's going to be coming up in a few minutes. Oh no! A new a new term has dropped. Okay, I thought it was a TikTok. No, it, well, well, it is. Oh. There's there's a new term that's dropped, and you have to see the visual of it. YouTube.com/slash/at1210wphd. We played this clip earlier. Uh, I want to get back into it now. Mitt Romney announced that he will not seek re-election. Uh, he, he says it's uh, time for a new generation of leaders. This was part of his announcement last night, and then he took some uh, uh, questions from the press as well. This is cut seven, Daniel. I've spent my last 25 years in public service of one kind or another. At the end of another term, I'd be in my mid-80s. Frankly, it's time for a new generation of leaders. They're the ones that need to make the decisions that will shape the world they will be living in. Now, we face critical challenges. Modding national debt, climate change, and the ambitious authoritarians of Russia and China. Neither President Biden nor former President Trump are leading their party to confront those issues. On deficits and debt, both men refuse to address entitlements, even though they know that this represents two-thirds of federal spending. Donald Trump calls global warming a hoax, and President Biden offers feel-good solutions that make no difference to the global climate. On China, President Biden underinvests in the military, and President Trump underinvests in our alliances. Political motivations too often impede the solutions that these challenges demand. The next generation of leaders must take America to the next stage of global leadership. While I'm not running for re-election, I'm not retiring from the fight. I'll be your United States Senator until January of 2025. 
I will keep working on these and other issues, and I'll advance our state's numerous priorities. I look forward to working with you and with folks across our state and nation in that endeavor. It really is a profound honor to serve Utah and the country. All right, there you go. All right, it's enough of Mitt. <laughs> of Mitt. Finally, a dinosaur that uh, taps out realizes he's too old. You know, it'll be interesting, and he's still clearly with it. He looks in, in good health, sounds very um, politically astute and sharp, unlike Kamala Harris. Um, you know, politics aside and what you think about the guy within the Republican Party and, you know, where he slides, you know, uh, rhino to conservative to right wing or anything like that. It's it's been so fitting because we have spent so many shows over the last two or three weeks talking about age and fit to serve and term limits and max age. I would love you said that there was some Q and A after. I would love to know if anybody asked him and pressed him. Maybe Chuck Todd was there and asked him three different ways. <laughs> kidding. Um, if he thinks there should be term limits or a max age, because we don't want the Diane Feinstein's of the world, the Joe Bidens, the Pelosi's. Uh, even the Fetterman's in their 50s that can't serve following a stroke. Like, we've talked about this so much. So thank God that we actually get somebody that says, you know what? I'm going to be in my early to mid-80s if I get reelected. It's too late. It's time to get. We need fresh blood is what we need. We uh, really do. Uh, well, to that point, he's he's asked about not seeking re-election. He says, I just don't think that we need another person in their 80s. Uh, this is cut three. Trump critic, did you feel like with him likely being on the ballot next year, it would give you trouble running for re-election? You know, uh, there was a recent poll in Utah which had me uh, showing some very strong numbers. I was very pleased to see that. I think the people in Utah don't all agree with me on the posture I took with regards to Donald Trump, but they respect people who vote their conscience. And, uh, and I, I appreciate that and my fellow citizens. And uh, I, I don't have any question in my mind that I don't want if I had to run again. I just don't think that we need another person in their 80s. Uh, I'm a little long of tooth already. We don't need more like me. The issues of the day relate to China, climate change, AI, uh, and a lot of guys in their 80s who know how to deal with those issues. Yeah, I mean, I agree with him. Not only do we need younger people, we need people that are not career politicians. I wish there were more people like Trump that were dipping their toes in the water or, hell, dipping their toes in taking a swan dive headfirst into that world. But if Trump wins, he'll be in his 80s when he true. finishes. That's true. Yeah, but, you know, let's be honest. I know we mentioned this earlier, but <clears throat> Romney was going to... He, he, he was facing being primaried and losing. Mm -hmm. And he doesn't want to end his political... his very long political career, uh, you know, as, as losing it, being See. primaried. So he's also... This is also a political decision. Dawn uh, sent us something during one of the commercials about an hour and a half ago when we were talking about Romney in the 6 o'clock hour. The Gallup final election survey poll, which was on November 4th, 2012, had Romney leading Obama 49 to 48%. Which just shows you how wrong those polls are because <laughs> oh, yes. he yeah. got, Romney got trounced. He did. I mean, just obliterated. He did. Um, but look at the chain of, like, I sent you guys all my little research in there. There was a bunch, but... The headlines were how Hurricane Sandy was that turning point. That's why, to this day, a lot of conservatives and Republicans cannot forgive so you're, wait, wait, New Jersey. Wait, 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 hang on. You're Governor telling Chris Christie. You're telling me that you know. Let's let's. Uh, I know it's been it's been uh, exaggerated over the years as him hugging Obama. That actually never happened. But you're telling me that Christie with with Hurricane Sandy completely changed the election. In 2012, I, I think in truth it was the hurricane itself giving Obama that 
that moment of a crisis to look very presidential and and gave him that platform that's true as he's seeking re-election as he, yes as he was seeking re-election that's correct but he uh, you know i think that her whether you say it's hurricane sandy i think that that governor christie former governor christie what well, he's an opportunity it's all about him and he's an opportunist and so it was his moment to be there with obama he has he defends it to this day if we asked him and i think I think over the years we have, he defends it and says, hey, I was governor of New Jersey. I did what was best for New Jersey, and I wanted as much money as I could get for for my state that I represented. That's how he says it. But I think that there was an opportunity for Chris Christie to embrace, maybe, you know, not physically, there was an embrace where Christie was absolutely, uh, you know, just sucking up to Obama. And all those images went out, and he praised him. And there was and and so if he had taken the moment to be more supportive of Romney, yeah, could could that have been a platform for Romney? Absolutely. But I so I think it was a game changer. I do. Uh, he was asked about Romney looked weak. He well, yeah, there's no question. I just I don't know how we went from and I mentioned this in the six o'clock hour and I'll bring it up again in 2012, uh, you know, I was at the station and we, there was a rally for Mitt Romney in Bucks County, I think out, out in Newtown. Um, there were thousands and thousands and thousands of people in a field for a Mitt Romney rally, thousands. And you, if you looked out at that, you would have been like this, this guy has this election in the bag Mm -hmm. because there were so many people in a battleground state. And then fast forward 10 years, 11 years later, and he's persona non grata in the Republican Party. Mm -hmm. I'm just saying, like, this is, you know, he was the savior to beat Obama in 2012, and now he's persona non grata. So, like, what, what, what happened? What changed there? Should we be surprised, though, over 11 years? I mean, it wasn't like he just went from where he was to where he is now. Obama's still the savior of the Democratic Party. Still running the White House. Well, I I think it's... I think that it, in in part with Romney over and over, and again, I think he's a good man in his heart and soul. I'm not questioning his integrity as a human being. I'm simply saying that that we, we talked about that debate with Obama, with Candy Crowley. We've talked about Hurricane Sandy. And, and since then, I mean, him crying, and I debate this with my husband, because, you know, he, when he broke down and cried, when he voted for impeachment, mm-hmm. I just think ultimately he... The American people have looked at him, and especially conservatives, that maybe he's too moderate or that that he's showing too much weakness in a time when conservatives need to deliver a punch because the media... He's on the complete opposite end of the spectrum of the Marjorie Taylor Greens of the world and people like that. He is. And part of this, again, I can't say it strongly enough, is because the media is so far left and complicit that I think conservatives feel like you've got to be tough, you've got to be strong, mm-hmm. because if you don't support us and if you if you're mushy, yeah. then we're going to get nowhere well, because me, they're going to just they're going right. to just stomp all over your head. Well, let me just say this: we always talk about the the party shifting. The Democrats go too far left. The Republicans go too far right. In my lifetime, you know, since I've been paying attention, the two biggest figures in the Democratic Party have been Clinton and Bush, or I'm sorry, Clinton and Obama. <laughs> Obama. Yep. I, I, that is still true today. Mm-hmm. More so Obama than Clinton, but you know Hillary's still lingering and hanging around. And- but if you go to Republican nominees, Bush, McCain, Romney, like they're all persona non grata in the Republican Party. Right. What's the Trump effect? 
Okay. I, I'm just... I mean, it's I, just, I, it's, a, a, it's a, I think. It's a... This... I, I, know think, you have. I, think, I think conservatives are. I mean, we were even having this, you know, this argument. Where, where, remember when I was being too critical of DeSantis, and people were saying that DeSantis is uh, establishment. He's a swamp guy. He's not concerned. And I'm thinking, like, DeSantis is about as conservative as it gets, which is why a lot of people think he can't win because he's too conservative. So it's just. Uh, so this is all a long-winded way of me bringing up this next clip. This is cut six, where he talks about being a small wing of the Republican Party. This is cut six, uh, Daniel. speak to where the Republican Party is now. When you look at the Republican Party, particularly where the House of Representatives is, do you feel like this is a Republican Party that is beholden to former President Donald Trump? Well, there's no question, but that the Republican Party today is, is in the shadow of Donald Trump. Uh, he is the leader of the greatest portion of the Republican Party. Uh, it's a populist, I believe, demagogue portion of the party. Uh, look, I represent a small wing of the party, if you will. I call it the wise wing of the Republican Party. Uh, and uh, I don't believe we're di- going away. I think ultimately we'll uh, see a resurgence and come back into leadership of the party. Uh, look, uh, my wing of the party talks about policy and about issues that will make a difference to the lives of the American people. The uh, Trump wing of the party uh, talks about resentments of various kind and getting even and, and settling scores and, and revisiting the 2020 election. What are the policies for the future? And my party is only going to be successful getting young people to vote for us if we're talking about the future. And that's not happening so far in that other wing. So he's sitting there saying it's wise. I think a lot of people would say it's a different word, a different W word, and it would be weak. But, you know, he keeps sitting here talking about, like, the Trump revenge tour. And I think there is an element of truth to that. But you're sitting here talking about policy. Well, wait wait a minute. You're talking about accomplishments. Go back to 2019, 2018, 2017. Look at the economy. Look at how, how secure we were as a nation. No wars going on. The border. I mean, to sit there and act like Donald Trump did not accomplish things in the first three years of his presidency before 2020 turned into a, a freaking uh, bleep show. Um, yeah, I mean, give me a break here. He's acting as if like Trump's just going to spend the next four years going after other people with indictments, to which I would say, well, look, as again, as I said in the big take, they started it first. So... <laughs> And a lot of people on the Republican side of things want a leader that will fight for them and not just roll over and play dead and play to the two-party system, or the uniparty, I should say. Did you have tweets you wanted to read? I do. Uh, some instant feedback on um, <laughs> the the feed forward story is getting a lot of play on yeah. Twitter. Um, Irk4088 says, imagine if Nick Sirianni said to the Eagles, listen up, I've got some feed forward. <laughs> They would look at him like he has two heads. Uh, hasn't been sober, says, I refuse to contribute to the student loan of whoever came up with the word. It's forward. It's a very good point. <laughs> hasn't been sober, also says, Kamala couldn't bring anything good to the table if she were a waitress. Oh, that's oh, not right. That's true. They did. <laughs> um, Joe Scarborough on a show yesterday said that every single Democrat he speaks to off air admits that Biden is too old to run, talking about age again. This is cut two. Uh, everybody we talk to, every political discussion, all uh, it, it talks a lot about Trump, but when it comes to Joe Biden, people say, man, he's too old to run, isn't he? I mean, he's not going to, he's not really going to run. Every discussion, when I say every discussion, I don't mean 99% of the discussions. Every discussion. We got it. I asked Reverend Al if he was hearing it all the time on our show this past week. He's hearing it as well. So, you know, we often will 
complain about Republicans who will say one thing about Donald Trump off the air and another on air. Well, let me just say Democrats off the air will say Joe Biden's too old. Why is he running on the air? They won't say that. And again, they're talking, if you're not watching on YouTube, about the op-ed piece from the Washington Post columnist David Ignatius, who says President Biden should not run again in 2024. The 73-year-old columnist is known to be very, very connected in D.C. and with Biden and things like that. So, um, you know, for me, again, it's not so much about the number. I think we get caught up in the number. It's what's behind the number. And with Joe, behind the number 81, it's like, you know, what's the old adage? You know, the keys are in the ignition, but nobody's behind the wheel. That's that's where I think that's really where Joe is. Yeah. And that's not encouraging. You look at the economy, you look at the low approval rating, you look at the lack of popularity. I mean, the writing is on the wall. The only thing that leads me to believe that this won't be true and he still will run is the amount of money they just spent on their campaign. Twenty five million dollars. Yeah, I mean, all look, all signs point to it is going to be Trump v. Biden. I mean, that is where where all of this is headed. Um, but you just see these polls with the unpopularity mm-hmm. of both of them, right? And you're just like, well, like, you know, can this can this really? Well, and then also it? you look at the bench and you look at the depth. We have known that the Democrats' bench is very very weak. Kamala is not going to get that spot. They don't want RFK Jr. He's too fringe. He's too loony. Uh, you know, Gavin Newsom is kind of like their ace up their sleeve, but I don't think he's a foregone conclusion or a lock. But on the Republican side of things, you know, we have said how deep that group is from DeSantis to Scott to Haley to Ramaswamy, uh, you know, Pence, Christie, we'll go down further down the list. But now, I mean, Vivek just got crushed by, and you take it for what it's worth, it's, it's this one isolated moment. Mehdi Hassan destroyed him. And DeSantis was supposed to be our Gavin Newsom to some extent, and and DeSantis has had one of the most abys like based on what the expectations were for DeSantis compared to what he's actually delivered. Yeah, it's been a it's been a failure. It has, it has, and 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 you know you can see a lot of the donors backing away from him, and 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 Nikki Haley's got the arrow up right now more than anybody. She I does. Think. She does. Yeah, she's uh, she's. But it's just she's she, she can't get through the primary, and so that's it's, and that's it's the kind tough of a thing. point. You know what I mean? We, like, we gave all those scenarios in those general election polls: Trump beats Biden by one, DeSantis is tied with Biden, uh, but Nikki Haley would beat Biden by six points. Yeah. Uh, if you are not uh, uh, watching right now, go over to YouTube, youtubecom slash at twelve ten WPHD. You're gonna wanna, you're gonna want to see this video. Uh, a new word just dropped: feederism. Feederism. Feeder. F E E D E R ism. Not a foot fetish, no. not like feet. So we had feedback that's gone. It's yeah. feed forward. And now we have feederism. Yeah, this is a new this is a new reason why people are fat. <laughs> what? So feederism's it, high in calories, it, I guess? It's a new it's a new you know, we can't there's always emotional trauma, this, that and the other, why people are obese. 
And this is a new one that I haven't heard. Uh, leave it to TikTok to uh, tell me about this. But you have to see the visual mm-hmm. of this um, of this of this of this woman. No oh boy, uh, she's she's very large. Okay. Uh, YouTube.com slash at twelve ten wpht. But if you can't get there right now, uh, you can hear the lovely audio. This is cut five. Hi, my name is Rosie, and I was groomed into feederism. Feederism <laughs> is a kink, like a sexual kink regarding feeding someone generally for the purpose of them be- being. So we've got Stop. she's uh, she's using the same microphone that I'm actually using on the air right Stop. now. Stop. <laughs> Don't uh, headphones on. Uh, so there's uh, the hair's normal. It's not purple. Yeah. We have no nose ring. I mean, she's she's big. Cute top. She's a, like um, she has a tie dye top. Tie dye top. <laughs> and uh, Peter says my eyes are burning. <laughs> Stop. Uh, let's put her in box four. About no, this. no, we're not. Actually, Stop. I don't know if we can. Guys, we'll, we'll put her in Stop. box three and four. <laughs> don't, don't. <laughs> um, feederism. So, okay. I do think I'm going to say I don't know what feederism is. Well, she's going to explain so it. A food but yeah, okay. fetish. But I, I'm just going to say it's the processed foods, and our bodies don't know what to do with it, and we're just no. getting kids. She no, said it's this. Not that. She said that it's a sexual thing. Oh, what? that pleasure people out of this. people want to feed you. So you get so fat that you die. So it's like gluttony. One of I the guess seven deadly so. sins? How is that? I, I I'm just going by what she says. Daniel, can we start this over? You please? eat that bowl of spaghettios because it arouses me. It, Keep going. It, it, basically, it's what she's saying. Yeah, she's saying she was groomed. Uh-huh. She was groomed into feederism. Okay. Uh, by the way, this is on. This like is as a child. This is some of the yeah. This is some of the stuff. The great content you can get on TikTok. Yes. So I'm going to create an account. We'll see if I get home today. Uh, Bubba45 says she needs all four boxes. I mean, that's just not that's well, just I'm not just going right. to go box three and four. Um, all right. I'm going to start over with cut five here, Daniel. Hi, my name is Rosie, and I was groomed into feederism. Feederism is a kink, like a sexual kink regarding feeding someone generally for the purpose of them being fat or getting fat or gaining weight. There's a big umbrella when it comes to feederism. And the thing about this guy is I think he was into what's called death feederism. And death feederism is what it sounds like. It's feeding someone to the point of getting so fat and so big that that they die. (laughs) Okay. So what the was, hell is so that? So was she in a relationship with a guy that kept force feeding her? A, or? A, a, apparently, that's okay. how she got to be enormous. So she is enormous. Uh, one takeaway here with uh, the name Rosie, by the way. Oh boy! Um, you know, <laughs> I an said easy, easy uh, song about this, by the way. I, I said months ago when we were talking about Tom Brady and John Fetterman, both who were married to a lady named Giselle, that I've never seen a Giselle that was um, ugly. I think all Giselles usually are typically pretty hot. Um, I've never seen a Rosie oh, that's attractive. Oh, that's not right. I, I'm on. thinking Rosie Stop it. Stop. I'm thinking Stop. Roseanne. <laughs> Stop. My mom was Rosemary. Oh, uh, yeah. That's yeah. different. Um, Duffy, I love the name Rose. Duffy Domino on the YouTube chat says, feed so you die. That's murder, isn't it? <laughs> yes. Yes, that's murder. So apparently it's murder. Fe- you groom this. So, so these- unless they're forcibly doing it to you and you have no other option, <laughs> that's not on that person. That's on you. Uh, no, thank you. I'm full. <laughs> Chuck, Chuck Dougherty says she should be talking about uh, saladism. <laughs> I mean, she's, she's really, right. I mean, she's, she's what is that, right. you think, 320 I'm, there? I'm looking at research on this, and if, I wish somebody who's a psychiatrist or psychologist, apparently in research this is a thing. It's coercive control. Over who? Another person? Um, a, a form of abuse, so it's, 
maybe parental abuse or relationship abuse. It's it's actually a thing. Like in psychology, I've n- never heard of that. So this is not like letting your kid keep going back to the snack drawer every two hours for another uh, tasty cake. This it is like a forcible that you gain pleasure out of basically plumping somebody up. I guess it's a, it's mental. It's, it's viewed in the world of psychology. Well, it's as TikTok. It's all mental, mental, mental and physical abuse. But it's an actual thing. I've never heard of this in my life. So apparently, uh, you guys both remember the movie from the late '97. Yeah, they uh, put the guy in the uh, we, yeah. his face down in the spaghettios. Yep. and he was tied to the chair. Yeah, he was uh, the gluttony, one of the seven deadly sins. Yes. Yeah, I didn't realize that 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 was an actual thing. But like, so. Yeah, it is. It is a thing. Now you go to it. like you feed somebody so much that in, they get so fat that they die. Like I what? Guess. That's, well, eventually you're really playing the long game. But that's the long. Well, that's the long game. But I would imagine if you keep making somebody eat in a, a one, let's call it a session, that eventually, I mean, your body's got it. Like you're, you're eventually full, and you like. I think only dogs are the only animal that basically don't know when they're full. Well, tr- I, I mean. Trish has the point that I want to make. Like, what? Wh- nobody. F- I mean, she seems to be at like her free will right here. Mm-hmm. Like, she's on TikTok in a studio. Nobody puts you, like, nobody forces you to eat something and then swallow it. Like, you can, like, you can, you can put I something guess... in your mouth, spit it out, put something in their mouth. Yeah. But like, how do you force somebody to swallow something? Right. But I guess that it's um, considered a form of abuse, and also it, there's there are two different things: feedism. And binge eating disorder. Yeah, I've heard of binge eating disorder. This is new disorder. to me. I've heard of binge eating disorder. Yeah. I've never heard of any of this stuff. I just feel like we have all of these excuses of why people are obese these days. Yeah. It, we like, just have too many excuses, period. It's, it's, it's mental health. It's yes. trauma. I know. It's, it's, uh, it's racism. Well, I've got actually... Um, now it's feederism. I have a story, and I was going to get to this um, later in the week, but there is a story out that a therapist has come out and said that Gen Z goes to TikTok and they take pleasure in sharing their pain of trauma. Uh, yes, um, that, that is that is the epitome of what this is. Which I, you know, I have said on this show, TikTok is the home of mental health, and I say that you know tongue in cheek, but to some extent, but I really do believe it. Um, and yeah, right here. So we've we've cited studies before from this website, uh, studyfinds.org. Yep. Trauma is trendy. Therapist says Gen Z embraces sharing their pain on TikTok. And there's a whole story about it. We could get into it a little bit later if you guys want or you know tomorrow's show, but this is true. This, like what we're playing here certified therapists. Yep. People that are smarter than us. Yep. Say it's a thing. <laughs> well, I don't know. Part of me thinks if she got out of an abusive relationship or childhood and she's working her way through that, on one hand, I can see we're sometimes talking about things. If there were a, an actual psychiatrist with this woman, mm-hmm. I would think that's a good thing. But on the other on the other hand of it, I do think that just talking about something without a solution is, I mean, I guess it's therapeutic, but I... But to, to, your, to your point, you don't just want to think, well, I'm doing something by just talking about something, uh, you know, and, and then saying that the way that, that the unhealthy result of that abuse is okay. Mm-hmm. So sometimes I think we have to look towards sol- solutions, and that's the criticism I'll have of this. But I dated this guy year, years ago just out of college, and he always was trying to change who I was. My, I have straight dark hair. He wanted me to 
have curly hair and be, you know what I mean? So like some guys do, they're like, you should gain weight. You're too skinny. You're too this or, or women to men. So Wait, I, got, guys tell women they should gain weight. Yeah. Gain weight or lose weight. Well, I, so yeah. for, for me, I was like too skinny. My hair was too straight. If somebody doesn't love you the way you are, guess what? Did you punch them? <laughs> I broke up and Good. it was, well, it was a smart, right? It was yeah. smart, but, you, but, Sometimes young, especially if you're younger, like high school or college, somebody needs to say, break up with that person. Did he have and- a problem with you cutting the grass too much? <laughs> Dawn, you're not going to cut the grass. <laughs> uh, QJ on the YouTube chat says, feederism is another word for growing up in an, in an Italian family. Well, that's true. <laughs> Did- an Irish family. Like if you're the, if you were the youngest in a huge family, yeah. but they say, finish your plate. Yeah. You know, a lot of people say that that you were trained to do that, and then that's not good either. Valdez says, I should go into feederism. Yeah, it's true. It's true. <laughs> yeah, you should just eat something, dude. <laughs> so there you go. Feederism, another excuse feederism. why people are fat. I've never, but it actually, I would love to hear from um, an actual doctor on this because apparently it's a diagnosis. Okay. I've never heard of it's it. It's in the yeah. uh, DSM-4. Yeah. I just think... The problem with a lot of this stuff is, okay, if she's talking about something and educating it, then have a psychiatrist or psychologist who says, hey, if you've been in an abusive relationship or you have any of these things, let's let's get you healthy mentally and physically, mm-hmm. and let's deal with this and, and educate society, Yeah. rather than just continuing to talk about it, and then you just, you just wallow yeah. in the result of that abuse and being unhealthy. I'll tell you what, if you're a therapist and you're looking to build your clientele and build your business, just go to TikTok. Yeah. And just send all these people messages and do like virtual Zoom counseling with these people. Well, Daniel brings up a good point. Isn't it just a fat fetish? You know, like they're... And that's a thing too. Have, yeah, they have chubby chasers, you know? <laughs> yeah. There's some... I bet you she... I bet you this... What is her name again? Uh, I Ro- Rosie. Rosie. Yeah. I bet you Rosie has so many date offers... I bet you there are people who are just like obsessed with her now and Ugh. going online. Yeah, I saw her on um, Match.com and took me three swipes to get past her. <laughs> Come on, Stop. all right. Did Sorry. you see the woman in New York City and she walks around with a sign and says, um, "Looking for a husband, searching for a husband." Oh, really? And no. This went viral. Interesting. No, I didn't see that. Although at this rate, I might, I might be for looking, love. I might be looking for a husband too. Soon. <laughs> A sugar daddy? Yeah, I might take one. Uh, all right, that's what I got. That's it. That's what Stalker has. 8.30 for what's on the cut sheet here on a Let's Thursday morning. First. All right, we'll come back. We'll get Dawn's big three. And then, speaking of, well, look, she's never rosy, but she is AOC. And apparently, Lauren Boebert was not too rosy Uh-oh. in a public setting. We will get to these two females on the other side when we come back. Dawn's big three as well. Kale and Company as we continue live on a Thursday. It's Kale and Company On Demand from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT and the free Odyssey app. I'm not exaggerating when I tell you this. The QC Kinetics can change your life. Now, I know that's a strong statement, but it really is a game changer. And you can live again without all that chronic joint pain that's keeping you down. And that means physically and mentally, right? With And this is without drugs, without surgery. QC Kinetics is advanced regenerative medicine. So they take your body's own concentrated healing properties and put them directly into your joint. And that restores and repairs that damaged tissue that's causing all of your horrible pain. The patient satisfaction reports are awesome. 
They're astonishing. A real alternative to the old ways of dealing with pain. So unlike surgery, there is no downtime with QC treatments. If you're suffering with that constant pain, you're waking up with it, you're dealing with it throughout the day, it's in your knees, your hips, your aching shoulder, or your back, you need to call QC Kinetics and then just get a free consultation from the medical professionals at QC Kinetics. Do this for yourself today. Imagine this fall, and we start today with this refreshing, beautiful fall-like weather, just moving around pain-free, doing everything you love again, whether it's walking, hiking, playing with the grandkids or with the kids, uh, heading to, you know, it's high school football season, right? Or whether you're headed to the big game tonight, just call QC Kinetics. See how the latest advances in precision regenerative medicine attacks your pain and then brings you lasting relief. It's the best time to get started right now. They're right here in the Philadelphia region. Just do this. Trust me. 215-999-3000. 215-999-3000. Best decision you're going to make for you. 215-999-3000. Start your day with Kale and Company. Weekday morning, 6 till 10. On Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, and the free Odyssey app.